Hi, everybody, and welcome to an exciting on-the-road edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. I am actually not on the road, but my guests are, so I appreciate you pulling off and taking some time to talk with me about Literati Press, the books that you all publish, the projects that are to come. I'm speaking with Charles Martin, and, and Charles, you also invited another guest along. Would you mind to introduce your guest for us? Yeah, so we are on our way to Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland, and so I'm on the road with Kermes, the creator of Weird Western about a craw creature crawls out from the earth, murders his kid's dad, so the kid goes out to try and find and kill the monster. That's right. Hello. Hi. Hi, Nick. How are you? Should I say more? We, we don't want to spoil too much, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, no, there's more. Uh, I often have to watch out what I say, even to people that we know on Literary Press. Most of them don't know the story arc, but a couple who do, uh, when I ask advice, I just have to remember who am I talking to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of twists and turns. And, uh, it's an ambitious project. So, but that nothing we said definitely does because that's like the first three pages. Perfect. That's, that's true. Perfect. Yeah, no spoilers. Uh, well, it sounds like a really interesting book, The Cryptozoic, some mystery involvement there, a Western. Um, so that brings me to the question of, of how do you decide the, the kinds of stories that you want to tell through comics? What is it that draws you in? Well, we were uh, founded in 2010, um, kind of as we're in Oklahoma. So there's not a lot of platforms in our state for really unusual, ambitious storytelling. We've got the OU Press, but we really wanted to find other creators who are doing kind of innovative things with genre fiction and comics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with a little bit of a, you know, left lean to it, but um, a platform from Oklahoma writers that are creating the kind of stories you wouldn't expect to be coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah. And so we've cut in that tradition um in 2016 we actually started our own bookstore in the paseo arts district and yeah we've been publishing you know things throughout we were uh we're the publishing company that launched natasha aldrichi's heathen which was named the uh, top in comic of 2015 was picked up by vault comics mm -hmm. after it kind of outgrew us mm -hmm. um had a lot of success res detectives uh got a starred review from kirkus uh last year did quite well Glamorella's daughter is growing really quickly in the library scene specifically. So mm -hmm. we're really, really small unit. Um, we just function out of a really small location in uh, Oklahoma City and have a small staff, but we have a big web of creators and writers and illustrators. So yeah, given given our modest means, we we've we've uh we've achieved a lot more than I would have expected whenever I started this thing uh, over a decade ago. I love that. Love that story. And I imagine that it's rewarding to um, highlight authors, artists, stories in that way. And and you mentioned a, a book that outgrew you to, to even bring in a talent and kind of showcase that to the world and to be sort of first on the scene in that way, I imagine would also be very rewarding. Yeah. And we yeah, N Natasha, like Natasha had just a really wonderful moment with Heathen and we've really, it was, we, I knew I had lightning in a bottle as soon as she sent me the script and we were just not big enough to support how rapid her growth was. Um, 
And so by the time we, you know, passed the baton on to uh, Vault, um, mm -hmm. it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was clear that this was going to be a huge sensation. Um, so we're lucky that we, uh, we've we since got Natasha to uh, come back to Literati Press for, she put out a one shot called Haunted Beloved last year, and then she's working on a graphic novel that'll be her graphic novel debut. Um, and it's great, you know, she has access, you know, she does work for Marvel and um, some pretty big names uh, so that she trusts us enough to know that, you know, it's worth, you know, worth, uh, worth trusting us with this title that she really believes a lot in, um, despite, you know, despite us being such a small operation. It's, yeah, it's really gratifying. Stephen Paul Judd, who did, who was the co-writer on Breast Detectives, is kind of the same way, you know, he's writing off for marvel he's writing for george R. R. martin he's he's like a huge rising talent i mean because of the writer strike he's actually not writing for anyone right now but mm -hmm. you know he mm -hmm. he's really like his name is out everywhere um and you know he had a lot of options with res detectives but because you know he knew us and we'd helped him get the lettering started he uh he he wanted to keep it you know keep it with people he knew and you know and He's looking at continuing Res Detective totally he's got another project he's working on for us. So it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, he we tried to have to do that. I guess that's right. He did not have to do that. He did not have to do that. So we tried to treat our creators as well as, you know, as well as we possibly can and hope mm -hmm. that the loyalty we show them, you know, is rewarded. And so far, you know, so far it has been our, we're really blessed to have so many generous and enthusiastic, um, talented people just in our orbit that are willing to sacrifice for us, um, you know, when they could be working, you know, somewhere higher profile. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. And um, you mentioned Res Detectives. That was the first literary press book that I came across, and it was because of the Excellence in Graphic Literature Awards and then discovered Graham, Glamorella's daughter, excuse me, Glamorella's daughter. Um, and one of the things that struck me about Glamorella's daughter was that you, Charles, were the writer, and very often, or um, co-writer, I, I should say, I guess, and very often the, the writer is listed first on the book, but Jerry Bennett was listed first as the artist and co-writer, and that was really striking to me just in the way that you showcase um, talent as well and uh, that need to you don't necessarily have that need to be the first one build on a book. So I appreciate that. Um, Nick, anything that you want to throw in there as far as what it's like to collaborate with Charles? Oh, it's very easy to collaborate with Charles and, and kind of touching on what you just said. He doesn't seem to clamor for, for credit. I mean, he certainly wants credit like we all do, but that doesn't seem to be the, you know, it's easy to work with him because there's not uh, much ego there. Whatever he's got, he keeps to himself, which is great. If you're in, the, if you're a creative, you can find that more often than not, people can be very, very selfish. Uh, that, maybe that's not true, but I don't find that with Charles. Oh, you're making me blush. Well, and I work <laughs> alone. I, you know, most of the time, I do stuff by myself, and so I was a little bit worried about what kind of person is this going to be. And so I was lucky that you know this long term. Uh, business partnership uh, and friendship with Charles is a cool thing. He's a nice guy and he doesn't, you know, doesn't stick his ego up and stick up the joint all the time. Well, it, whenever you're creating in Oklahoma, it helps to have a lot of humility. Um, so, and Oklahoma has a culture that, 
we have good things about what we do and we have bad things about what we do, but um, humility is really prized, um, especially within a creative creative community. So um, I come about it, honestly, I suppose. Um, Nick, for his part, um, is he started coming in. So we have this mentorship group that we do every Sunday at our bookshop called Ink and Draw. And mm -hmm. we found Nick, because Nick and to one of them, um, and a lot of, you know, this is all ages. So we have people in their, you know, teens, all the way up to people in their 50s and 60s, um, and all, you know, skill levels. But a lot of them are just kind of like trying to figure out how to draw a character the same way over and over and over again, you know, just kind of basic skills. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so we see this as long mentorship to really kind of get, you know, artists that, you know, storytellers that have like, you know, you know, some foundation and really try and get them um, to really polish all their, all their skills. And then Nick comes in with like a handful of like hand-drawn pages um, on like copier paper. And we're like, okay, yeah, we'll take a look. And we start looking through them and they're fantastic. <laughs> and we're like, wow, okay. You know, <laughs> we need ink on this, but like, you're really like, you're pretty ahead of the game. He was like, no, 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 no. These are just thumbnails. And <laughs> you know for what would most of most of everybody else that's in our you know circle that would be you know damn near finished pages they were just his thumbnails and mm -hmm. so once he started churning out full pages we were you know and continue to be stunned like this is a guy who for issue four of the blackjack demon which we're actually taking and debuting at spx this weekend he taught himself watercolor oh just wow for just for one issue, he taught himself a completely new medium. Well, now I have to use it like in subsequent issues because I spent like <laughs> so much, you know, effort trying to, you know, be at least good enough for it to be printed and for me to be happy with it. It's like, well, I can't just do it the one time. I got to like, like force it in in like future issues. So I'll try to do that uh, uh, definitely. Yeah. And he's an oil painter by, you know, by trade. So right. like patience is, you know, patience is the name of the game with oil painting. Um, but yeah, you look at his pages in Blackjack Demon and it's, they're Western just as good as anything that was created, you know, in Europe, you know, mm -hmm. by a number of, you know, fantastic, you know, comics working in that, in that, you know, traditional West medium. So yeah, we're really proud of Blackjack Demon. And it was kind of our first after, you know, years after Heathen had left, we, you know, we're like, okay, we'll just relaunch and try and go bigger so that if we have another breakthrough, we can actually support it this time. And Blackjack Demo was the first one out of the gate, and it it hit with a pretty big splash, and we were not surprised. It looks like a great comic. If you just pick it off the shelf, it looks like something really, really unique, and then you read the story, and you get really sucked in. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's the goods, as they say. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, you want that payoff if you're going to learn watercolor, absolutely. And um, there's such a great aesthetic to that medium that that works so well in comics, anyway. So looking forward to that. And if I'm a listener out there that wants to check out Blackjack Demon, where can I go? What can I do? Um, who can I talk to to get a copy? Well, as it so happens, we are running a crowdfunder right now. Uh, crowdfunder, it's like Kickstarter. It's a crowd crowdfunding campaign. Uh, it's crowdfunder without an E at the end. So without, you know, so it's just crowdfunder, but just DR. So mm -hmm. crowdfunder, uh, Blackjack Demon, we're doing book one right now. Just just launched last week. 
You can get all of the first season. You can get the single issues. You can get all of the first book, which will be one, issues one through six. Right. Um, if failing that, uh, that'll be running for like the next three weeks. Right. Um, and then you can also go to our website, literatipressok.com and order directly from us as well. Um, it's no longer in diamond distribution. Um, and then once book one comes out, then that'll, that'll be going through, you know, Ingram and Baker and Taylor and all that. So it'll be available at any bookstore, but that's one book one comes out, which will be, uh, early spring, but you can get a, go ahead and get one ahead of time. If you back our crowdfunder. Right. Uh, issue six is, uh, on the board now issue five is basically in the can. I was still coloring it, but the issue is for, you know, all intents and purposes finished. Uh, uh, so, I mean, since we're drawing issue six now, uh, I think it'll be done, you know, before Christmas. Yeah. And it, it better be done before Christmas. That's you know, the whole thing planned out. Yeah. And it's like, if you are into Westerns, like this is going to definitely going to be your jam. Like Nick did his homework. He's got like all the details there. He's got the, you know, the cadence, the dialogue, he's got the weird haircuts they had back then. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really fun book. This and is good research that uh, yeah. we get to, to get in there. So if you like history, kind of in a general way, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and you're, you're going to like it. As the story progresses, I mean, we're not just going to uh, stay in, you know, the American prairie. Uh, we'll, we'll go elsewhere. Uh, yeah. And and liking history is going, uh, if you like history, you're going to like where we're going. And if you like complicated main characters with uh, that aren't a clear cut good guy, bad guy, then this is also your jam. Yeah, I got to say. Silas uh, is a, he's a character. Well, you know, I, that's the kind of person, if you lived in the Old West, I, 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 I think he's as good as he can be under the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Understandable. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I'd say he doesn't have a cruel heart, but. Yeah, outside of that, you know, I think I said that earlier today about somebody else. That's Silas. You know, he doesn't have a cruel heart, but yeah, he'll step on you if he's got to. Yeah. And he's only like, I think, I think he's 18 now. He starts yeah. at age like 14 or 15. So yeah, yeah, I guess he learned that young. Because mm -hmm. that happened in the old West. Yeah. 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 So last official question, and then I'll let you get back on the road. And that is creative vision for Literati Press moving forward. Um, things to come, things of that nature, anything that you want to provide a glimpse of uh, in that way? Absolutely. So um, we're, it's a, it, you know, if you talk to anyone in indie comics, it is a weird time to be an indie comics publisher. Um, that pandemic was kind of brutal. Um, mm -hmm. Paper costs and margins and everything just, you know, we're just really tough. We actually bought a production printer just to be able to try and, you know, control costs. And we continue doing that. We uh, print all of our single issues. Um, but, you know, we got, I think we got comfortable with how to promote and distribute and basically create comics during the middle of the pandemic. And I think that is one good thing that came out of it. We're like, okay, we know how to make a good comic now. Um, you know, we've gotten really great reviews for Glamorel's Daughter. We promised Utopia, which is about to launch its second season, uh, Black Jack mm -hmm. Demon. Silence from Devin Craft really had a, had, a, had a fun life. That series just wrapped up. It's, our newest one. it's really, really yeah, neat. Like punk rock nautical tale. Um, and uh, it's from the creator of Neverender. And that trade will be coming out. That, you know, 
full full story arc will be coming out next year. Mm -hmm. um, and so moving forward, we're actually we were uh, just went under contract with a, a fiction with our first fiction project in a couple of years. It'll be a fantasy story. We've got a picture book coming up, and then we have Natasha's graphic novel dropping, which will be, you know, that one. If we do our if we do our job well, then I really think that her graphic novel should be, you know, on top 10 lists and, mm -hmm. you know, up for awards, you know, across. I think it's a true very masterpiece. Um, so we just got to make sure that we don't screw it up on our side, give it the audience that it deserves. Moving forward, we're going to be leaning harder on graphic novels um, and less on single issues mm -hmm. uh, just because that, you know, distribution of that is just because difficult uh, with all the challenges that industry has been facing in the last couple of years um, and do, you know, doing these small rods of split issues through crowds, crowdfunding campaigns and you know, direct distribution of the comic book stores and then really focusing on the bookstore library market. Um, well, I don't know if it's tough to mention this, uh, I'm really sure your audience is, but that's why we're not with Diamond anymore is because our single issues, it's just not, that's not the market anymore. Might don't put that out? Yeah. I was trying to point that out. Everything for the last 15 seconds, crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Diamond, you know, they were good to us. You know, mm -hmm. they definitely helped us get started. Um, well, we're, uh, you know, the country to try and sell comic books. So, yeah, you make uh, make the best of the situation you got. Right, right. Um, yeah. So where were we? Uh, you were talking about so Diamond. Just moving forward. I, yeah, the big thing is just we really want to, you know, we want to find direct partnerships with comic book stores and really, really hit hard on bookstores and libraries. And, you know, we think that's where the best chance of making those single issues still have some vitality, but making them a little bit more niche and really focused on trades and graphic novels. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where our direction is right now. But, they, you know, every time you make a plan, something seismic happens in the industry and you have to you have to pivot again. But that's the plan right. for now. Right. We got through the pandemic, you know. I, I don't often think about how devastating that could have been. I mean, we been completely wiped out, yeah. not only of, of resources but of creative energy. And it turns out that yeah, we kind of held the course. Uh, I think it tied the group. Yeah, it did. It did. You know, and Glamorella's daughter is getting pretty close. Well, you know, we will be finishing the that whole run. I want to see that on TV. I mean, like, yeah. I want to see commercially. Yes. Yeah, so cool to see. We promise Utopia. They're getting there. Um, they're getting there. Get to close out that series. Um, yeah. So like, it could have been a really. It could have wiped us out, but we managed to come together as a group and really support each other and manage to, yeah, keep the boat afloat. Like there was all. There was some times where everybody was had a bucket in hand, we were bailing out water, but you know, mm -hmm. we made it. Made it through it. We, you know, we made comics as a company, and that's amazing. It's absolutely amazing that this is something that we get to do, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you're still here uh, as we get to the waning, hopefully the waning parts of the pandemic, and uh, wishing you all the very best in the books that are to come. And I appreciate the things that you publish. I appreciate your time and um, safe travels as you're finishing out your journey today. Absolutely, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And if you're going to SPX, come check us out. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank I'll make sure much, to. Guys. Yep, I'll make sure to, to share it very soon. Well, thank you so All much. Right. Thank you.